The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Too often we rely solely or primarily on conventional medicine to treat symptoms and disease, but these can mask the problems, so we never get to the root cause of the disease. There are better choices. Welcome to Generation Regeneration with your host, Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does play an important role in effective treatment, but even more important are the daily lifestyle, food, and spiritual choices we make. Now, here is Sandra Guy Malhotra. Welcome, everyone, to Generation Regeneration, or Gen R for short. I'm Sandra Malhotra, your host. Thank you for joining me, whether it be live or on demand. Our goal with the show is to provide information and support for those who want to take ownership of their health and regenerate their bodies, minds, and spirits. And in order to regenerate our bodies, minds, and spirits, we must supply them with nourishing foods, thoughts, and emotions, things that will enhance and not decay our whole selves. So today, we are going to focus on nourishing our bodies and we'll specifically discuss how genetically modified foods, or GMOs, can run counter to that goal. Our guest will be functional MD, Dr. Christopher Nagy, who will explain what happens physiologically when you eat GMOs. Dr. Nagy appeared on our 12-30-14 show, December 30th of last year, where he provided a wealth of information about healthy living. Check it out on demand if you missed it. Welcome back, Dr. Nagy. Thank you. Great to be here. So let's start by summarizing information that I presented on the January 6th, 2015 show about GMOs. I explained how corporations like Monsanto are perverting patent law, intimidating farmers, and essentially turning them into serfs on their own land, which is pretty despicable. We discussed the status of statewide labeling initiatives and how opponents of labeling or proponents of covering up what is in our food spread lies about the impact of labeling on food prices. We wrapped up by describing the two most common GMO crops. One, being a herbicide-resistant crop that can withstand repeated broad-spectrum dousing of one or more herbicides, like glyphosate, also known as Roundup, to kill weeds without harming the crop. And or two, an insect-resistant bacillus thuringiensis, or BT crop, that produce toxins in their tissues that kill target pests or bugs. We touched upon the health issues associated with each of these, namely the destruction of a healthy gut microbiome and leaky gut, which can lead to digestive issues and more serious autoimmune diseases. And now today, we're going to take a deeper dive into how GMOs adversely affect our health with Dr. Nagy. So, Dr. Nagy, let's start by talking about the herbicide-resistant or Roundup-ready crops like corn, soy, and sugar beets. Over 85% of GMO crops are the Roundup-ready type, and this warfare against nature is, 
simply put, escalating over time because nature is not an idle observer. She will adapt and overcome and has produced so-called super reeds, which require even more toxic herbicides that unfortunately our government bureaucrats happily approve for use. That's a whole other area of sheer insanity that we're not going to focus on today. Instead, we'll focus on the effect of glyphosate or Roundup and other pesticide residues on our bodies. So can you talk about what glyphosate is and what happens when we ingest it and other herbicides and pesticides? And also, can you clarify, can these be washed off or not? Right, right. And that's, you know, this is a huge topic. And, you know, a lot that I, pro- that, you know, I don't think many people have enough information or honest information on. Uh, you know, people hear GMO and, you know, what is that? Who knows? You know, I don't care. Just give me my hamburger. And in, in essence, it's time we as a country start to understand what's going on because many of us delegate our health and our decisions about what we do and how we live to authorities. And we've done that long enough that, you know, authorities are just human beings too, can't necessarily be trusted. So this topic is hugely important for your overall health and wellness because as Hippocrates, the father of medicine, said, all health starts in the gut. And if you're potentially ingesting something that's harming your gut, it's not going to be long before it starts harming your entire being, your entire health. So, you know, to answer your question, though, what are genetic GMOs, genetically modified organisms? Um, what they are, or, or, actually, no, your question is more, what is glyphosate? And, and glyphosate is that was actually discovered back in uh, 1964. It's what's called a, a, a descaling agent or a chelator. And what that is, is glyphosate would be used to clean off lime, minerals, scale, uh, you know, akin to cleaning out a ring around the bathtub or rust, basically. So initially, glyphosate was created as a descaling agent or what's called a chelator. And subsequent uh, use found that it was beneficial for uh, as an herbicide. So eventually it was... It was founded or patented by the Stauffer Chemical Company in December of 64, and ultimately it was uh, acquired by Monsanto in 1969 and has progressively been used and worked as an herbicide, as you were saying. And then Monsanto subsequently developed basically glyphosate-resistant plants or genetically modified organisms, genetically engineered food to withstand the application of glyphosate, and uh, I mean, we we can talk a little bit more about glyphosate. I could go on the whole sec the whole time about what glyphosate does and how it works, but basically, it it binds important minerals. Uh, again, it was a descaling agent, and it binds minerals like calcium, iron, manganese, magnesium, and makes them unavailable to the plant. And these are minerals that the plant needs to mount its own defense system. So when you talk about glyphosate, how does it kill a plant, it doesn't really have a direct kill effect. You can spray it on a plant all you want, but it's not going to kill that plant because of the nature of the, um, the way that it behaves. So what it does is it steals the plant's minerals. Those minerals are necessary to, in, to make enzymes work that will then allow the plant to create a defense system for itself. So it basically weakens the plant's defense system. That's one method by which it works. And then 
It also kills the good bacteria in the soil, allowing the bad bacteria to proliferate and then kill the plant. That's why it doesn't kill it immediately. It usually takes 24, 48 hours or more. So, um, in essence, it's a, it is a, a mineral chelator that robs plants of the nutrients they need to defend themselves so that they can then be killed by the, the bad bacteria that live in the soil. And okay. as far as the issue of it, can it be washed off? Uh, not really, especially the, uh, the BT toxin, as you referenced, in, in corn. That's actually placed into the genetic material or the DNA of the plant. So, um, and that's a big issue with genetically engineered food is that they douse these genetically engineered crops with uh, glyphosate or Roundup, and they keep dousing it and dousing it to kill any weeds because the weeds that aren't genetically engineered obviously are going to die, or at least initially they did. Now they've developed super weeds. Uh, so that's kind of a long-winded answer, but that's pretty much what glyphosate or Roundup is. Okay, very good answer as to how it operates. Now, when we eat foods that have been treated with a lot of glyphosate, which is what these genetically modified plants are engineered to do, basically, is to be able to withstand huge doses of this so that the weeds around them can be killed. What happens inside our bodies when we ingest glyphosate? Well, that's, that's a great question because the pathway by which the glyphosate kills the weeds is called the shikimate pathway. pathway. And, the, and you know, that pathway is not found in animals. But that pathway is found in bacteria, and we talked about it a little bit on our previous show, but the amount of uh, bacterial DNA that we have in our bodies as humans is about 10 to 1 to our own native DNA. So though the shikimate pathway doesn't necessarily work in animals and in humans, it does affect bacteria. So when you ingest glyphosate, it has an effect on your gut bacteria, which really a cornerstone of your health. and That's the, the method by which it, that's one of the methods by which it can cause harm, specifically over the long term. Yes, so, our bodies are composed of a lot of beneficial bacteria, so this is a great concern. Well, can absolutely. You, and, well, the other thing there is, too, as I said in describing what glyphosate does, it kind of kills the good bacteria and allows the bad bacteria to proliferate and, you know, it does the same thing in the gut, essentially. So that's a double whammy. It yeah. does two things which are really not very good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So can you elaborate for a moment what a healthy microbiome does and what an unhealthy one will result in, in terms of gut issues and any other things? Because it's not just digestion that will be affected. It's many other systems in the body as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, a lot of what happens to us, the way we feel, the way we behave, the things that we do in our lives have to do with our, our gut microbiome. You know, the gut microbiome is basically the, the three to five pounds of bacteria that live in our intestines, specifically our colon, basically. And your health or disease is often dictated by the, the company you keep, meaning your microbiome. Microbiome is just the overarching term for bacteria that's in our systems. So if you 
you know, you basically maintain a pretty decent balance, maybe 85% good bacteria, 15% bad bacteria. That's a rough estimate. But if the bad bacteria are allowed to start to proliferate and become 20%, 25%, and the good bacteria start to wane, uh, that's where you can start to suffer some ill health consequences. You know, there's a, there's a direct connection between the brain and the gastrointestinal system via what's called the vagus nerve. That's one of the uh, 12 cranial nerves. And so the vagus nerve runs interference between the gut and the brain. You've heard of, you know, butterflies in your stomach. If you're speaking in a public forum, you get nervous. But why do you get butterflies in your stomach? You know, your brain is going to make you nervous. Well, there's a direct connection there. So that's why oftentimes when people eat, make bad food choices or eat the wrong foods or foods they're sensitive to, they'll get a migraine headache or they'll feel terrible. So to have a healthy microbiome is in a way, the way to make yourself bulletproof as far as your health is concerned. Uh, to have an unhealthy microbiome, which is epidemic these days because of the exposures and toxins we're exposed to, well as all the genetically engineered foods, is the path to disease and sickness. Excellent description. Thank you. Okay, and what we're going to do now on that note is get ready for our first break. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and we're talking to functional MD, Dr. Christopher Nagy, about GMOs and their impact on our health. And as he just described, the impact on our microbiome can be significant. Thank you for joining us and stay tuned to learn more about this important topic. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. A new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called WholeTreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. And welcome back to Generation Regeneration. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and today we're talking to functional MD, Dr. Christopher Nagy, about the effect of consuming GMOs on our health. And right before the break, we started talking about the effect of glyphosate on our microbiome, and basically that that can kill the good bacteria, increase the amount of bad bacteria, throw the balance off, not only impact our digestive system, but also our mental health as well. So now, Dr. Nagy, we're talking up to this point about humans consuming GMOs that are coated with large amounts of glyphosate. But there's a deeper issue as well, and that is that a lot of GMO corn and soy is fed to livestock animals that we then consume. So let's spend a moment digging into that issue as well. What's the effect on the livestock animals and what happens when we consume those animals? That's another great question because, you know, the, the mantra should be eat animals that have eaten well themselves. So if you're feeding an animal a non-native diet, uh, they're going to suffer the ill health consequences as a result of that. And that's been easily demonstrated looking at cows that are fed corn and soy, which is not their native diet, compared to grass-fed cows. And that leads a little bit into what they call omega-6 and omega-3 fatty acids. Omega-3 fatty acids are what are found in fish oil, and those are anti-inflammatory fatty acids. Omega-6 oils are what are found in vegetable oils, corn, canola, soy, and those are inflammatory. When a cow eats grass, they create more omega-3 fatty acids. The good fatty acids, and, and that's honestly that's how fish develop omega three fatty acids by eating algae. When a cow eats corn and soy, it has more inflammatory or omega six fatty acids, which then we consume when we eat eat those products. So that's just one minor uh, point there. The other thing to consider too is when we're consuming a cow that's eating a non native diet of genetically engineered foods. Uh, getting the, the unusual proteins that have never occurred in nature because of these foods that were invented in a lab, not to mention the antibiotics and the steroids that livestock often receive too. So there certainly is a difference between eating meat from an animal that was raised properly in an open field on free, free range versus one that's raised in a, basically a warehouse fed a non-native diet. Correct. Now, let's loop back to humans. Mm -hmm. So if we have been eating GMOs that have been coated with a lot of glyphosate or factory farmed animals and our microbiome is compromised, how do we go ahead and restore it? And how long should we expect it to take? Well, and that's a a very, very important point because basically you need to feed your microbiome. Um, and the way you do that and the way you nourish your microbiome, one of the best ways is eating fermented foods. Uh, fermented foods, traditionally, before they had refrigeration, they fermented foods to make it last longer because they didn't have a refrigerator to keep things fresh. 
So the process of fermentation fills the uh, food with an abundant amount of healthy, good bacteria. And as we've gotten away from, you know, in modern society, eating fermented foods, we have grown sicker and sicker. And fermented foods, I'm talking about kefir, kimchi, sauerkraut. Um, so the more fermented foods you can include in your diet, the better. And most of us just don't do that anymore. So the other option is to take a probiotic. You know, I kind of firmly feel that if you're eating the standard American diet these days, it's beneficial to take a probiotic. I think it's better obtained by eating fermented foods frequently, but that just doesn't happen in, in America these days. And then the other thing that can help nourish a healthy microbiome is consuming the right types of food. And fiber is a great example. Now, fiber may be something that we cannot digest, but fiber is something that feeds our microbiome or our gut bacteria. So I'm getting off topic a little bit there, but in, you know, developing a healthy microbiome starts at the moment of birth, basically, and it follows you throughout your whole life. And you can either support it by your lifestyle, the foods that you eat, or you can not support it by, by lifestyle and the foods that you, you eat, basically. Correct. And before we move on to the BT type of GMOs, I just want to clarify, there are different types of fiber. And so it's insoluble fiber that helps with uh, gut flora. Is that true? Yes, yes. You know, what what we would consider as indigestible oftentimes becomes food for the, um, the, the, the bacteria in our gut. Yes. And what are sources of insoluble fiber? Well, I mean, a common, easy one for most people is uh, psyllium, psyllium husk, which is what's in Metamucil. Um, Now, if you're going to use psyllium, it's better to obtain an organic kind because it's, of course, sprayed with pesticides if it's not organic. Organic India is a good brand of uh, organic psyllium. So uh, mostly you'd consider insoluble fibers as as roughage-type materials, but psyllium is probably the most easily obtainable you know, there's some insoluble fibers in oatmeal and things like that, too. Of course, fiber is found in vegetables quite easily. can Make sure you're consuming enough of. Okay, very good. So in order to rebuild your microbiome, good insoluble fibers, ideally organic, and also probiotics, they could be taken in pill form or even better, from fermented foods, such as sauerkraut, pickles that aren't pasteurized, kimchi, things such as that. Very good stuff to add back to the diet. Absolutely. Okay, so now let's move on to the next type of genetically modified foods, which involves combining DNA from bacteria with that of a food, such as corn, so that it becomes part of the food, like you indicated, the BT, it's, it's part of the food. And the bacteria that is used, the long name for that, is Bacillus thuringiensis. That's what BT stands for. And it's a soil-living bacterium that produces an endotoxin that is deadly to insects. And many strains of this BT exist, each with a great specificity as to which insects it targets. So this resulting GM frankenfood called BT corn, for example, or BT cotton, actually contains this bacteria. And when insects eat this, their cells explode and they die. That's the source of the protection for the plant. 
So now, we're told by Monsanto mouthpieces, for example, that when insects eat Bt corn, they die, but it's perfectly safe for us. So now, Dr. Nagy, what say you as a medical doctor to this? Well, I mean, basically, if you look at the human species, we're just overgrown insects. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's not to be insulting, but we're, we're a living organism just like an insect is, and, and you know, maybe a little bit more complicated, but you know, the way by which Bt corn kills these insects is it explodes their stomachs. And, you know, insects are pretty small, so they're more susceptible to the toxic load that the Bt corn presents to them. Bt corn, which, by the way, is registered as a pesticide, the actual corn itself. And so as it explodes the insect's stomachs, it might not explode our stomachs, human being stomachs, but it's definitely taking a toll on the health of our stomachs and our gut lining uh, to a significant degree. And that's one of the reasons I think we're seeing a, just a proliferation of autoimmune disease. Um, so the BT toxin, though, it's not going to cause us to die immediately, slowly, with repetitive exposure, even to a small amount over the years. Um, we're paying a price for that. And actually, I'd refer you to a, a website, Dr. Nancy Swanson, GMO Free Washington. She's done graphs of the proliferation of the use of glyphosate and the proliferation of numerous chronic diseases. And it's almost a direct correlation. And, you know, they, you might say correlation doesn't equal causation, but when you look at diabetes, cancer, autoimmune disease, and the, the way that they have proliferated equally with the proliferative path of the use of glyphosate, it's a little bit disturbing, or genetically engineered foods, actually. So the BT also goes after the gut. And in the previous show on January 6th that I did with GMOs, I referred to leaky gut. And you also talked about this in your December 30th show, the correlation between leaky gut and autoimmune disease. So this is a very serious thing. Absolutely. Now, leaky gut is the pathway to numerous diseases. I know leaky gut is... In mainstream medicine, they may not call it leaky gut. They may call it increased intestinal permeability. But basically, um, as the gut lining is continually assaulted by these inflammatory proteins, it punches little holes in your intestines. Undigested food particles get out into your system. Your immune system attacks those undigested food particles, but sometimes becomes confused and then starts attacking you. And next thing you know, you're 42 years old and you have lupus, or rheumatoid arthritis, or psoriasis, or eczema, or any number of autoimmune diseases. So leaky gut's the pathway by which autoimmune most frequently develops. Yes, and so what I am taking from this discussion is that of the two types of GMOs, whether they are the herbicide-resistant type, which is coated with glyphosate, and or the BT type in which this bacteria becomes part of the food, they have significant consequences, especially on our gut health, which then impacts our overall health. So it's best to avoid GM foods as much as possible. And on that note, we're going to get ready for our next break. And on the other side, we're going to talk about, okay, how do you repair your health? if you've been eating GMO foods unwittingly. 
So this is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and we're talking with functional MD, Dr. Christopher Nagy, about GMOs. And stay tuned for more good stuff. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. A new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called wholetreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. And welcome back to Generation Regeneration. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra. And today we're talking to functional MD, Dr. Christopher Nagy, about the effect of consuming GMOs on our health. And right before the break, we spent a couple of segments talking about what happens when you ingest glyphosate and BT toxin from foods that are genetically modified. And the story was not good. They have a very significant effect on our gut health, on our microbiome, and on the development of leaky gut which can then lead to very serious autoimmune diseases. So Monsanto mouthpieces, as I like to refer to them, will say that the science is settled, but this is just not the case. And Dr. Nagy outlined some very serious concerns about the consumption of GMOs. Not only that, there really are no long-term studies which show they are safe. So I'm going to conclude from all of this that they are not safe to consume. However, They are present in large quantities in our grocery store shelves. A lot of foods have corn and soy byproducts in them, which have been genetically modified. So Dr. Nagy, how would you suggest that we avoid consuming GMOs? What do we need to do? Well, you know, that's actually a political flashpoint now because 93%, I think the number is, 93% of Americans would like to have their foods 
labeled. Right now, genetically engineered foods are not labeled, so you don't know if you're consuming them or not. And, you know, 60, 64 other countries in the world require some type of labeling or indication that there's genetically engineered food in the food that you're buying in the grocery store. We don't do that in America, and the GMA or Grocery Manufacturers Association of America has fought hard to prevent labeling of the foods. Usually with some weak excuse, it's going to cost them more, thus that's going to be passed on to the consumer. Yet, in all these other foreign countries around the world, they label the foods because it's been demanded and supported by those countries' government. So right now, you don't really know if you're eating genetically engineered food or not unless you strictly buy organic. And that's really the only way to be certain that you're not eating BT corn or Roundup Ready soy, because if it's not an organic food, uh, organic does require that it is not genetically engineered. If it's not if it's not an organic food, there's a good chance you're consuming genetically engineered food, which all of us are to some degree, no matter how careful we try to be. You could almost drive yourself crazy trying to totally avoid genetically engineered food if you live in America these days. And it's you know the the ballot initiative has been has not really won yet. Um, you know, it's been in California, it's been in Oregon, I think in um, gosh, was it Maine or Vermont that they they uh, I think it was close. I guess that maybe in Hawaii it passed, and then Monsanto was going to sue the Hawaiian government. They're suing, yeah, yes. it's, it's ugly. It's ugly, but I think the more people become educated, there's going to be a groundswell, and it's going to have to change from the bottom up. Because I guarantee you, it's not going to change from the top down. Correct. It will take a grassroots effort. And the initiative actually occurred in my home state, Colorado, last year, and it did not pass, mainly because the proponents uh, of not labeling were able to afford to run a lot of TV commercials, which ran a lot of scary messages about how much food prices would increase as a result of labeling. Right. So in the show that I did on 1-6, I quoted two different studies that looked at two different sides of that issue, and that's just not the case. That's a lie. It's not true. So they're using scare tactics and fiction to get people to vote against these labeling initiatives. And I think if people really understood what GMOs are doing to their bodies, like you're teaching today, that it would be a no-brainer. But this information is just not readily available. So that's what we are trying to do here today. Well, and that's part of the ploy, too, because if we were to have an argument based on scientific terms, people who manufacture genetically engineered food can never win. So they like these discussions to occur that are political, social, and philosophical, because basically those discussions are won by the, whoever has the most money, the political, social, and philosophical discussions. If you want to discuss this on scientific grounds, they can't win. So, those, so it's never brought up on scientific grounds, which is kind of underhanded, really, because everyone gets mired in, down in the social and the political and all that, but whoever has the most money is going to win those, those conversations every time, just like happened in Colorado, essentially. Correct. That's right. Now, the, the point you made about it being hard to avoid GMOs in America, very true, especially for processed foods. 
In other words, the stuff in boxes that's in the center of the grocery store. If it is not labeled as non-GMO project verified or organic, you can pretty much bet that it is genetically modified, especially if you look at the ingredients and you see corn or soy byproducts on there. That is absolutely true. Yeah, so one good way to avoid GMOs is to avoid things which are not labeled as being non-GMO verified or organic. Even better, going for organic whole foods because then you know there aren't any corn or soy byproducts in there. It's a whole food. However, buying entirely organic can be more expensive. That's just a fact. And so there are some foods that are more important to buy organically than not. So, Dr. Nagy, would you like to comment on that? Which foods should, if you have some budget concerns, what you should really go organic for? Sure, sure. And uh, I have another website to share with the listeners. It's ewg.org. That's the environmentalworkinggroup.org. And they're the organization that comes out yearly with basically the dirty dozen. And these are the foods that have the highest amount or number of pesticide residues on them. And typically at the top of that, that uh, list is apples and strawberries. Those two kind of fight back each and forth, back and forth each year. One's, one year it's apples, one year it's strawberries. But basically, apples, strawberries, grapes, celery, peaches, spinach, peppers, uh, nectarines, cucumbers, cherry tomatoes, snap peas, and potatoes. Those are the, the top 12 uh, foods with the highest amount of residues, the pesticide residues in them. So, you know, if you want to get more bang for your buck, uh, those are the foods that you need to focus on eating organic. Otherwise, you're pretty much going to be exposing yourself to some pesticides. Um, and then, and now, the EWG also comes out with the Clean 15, too, which are the ones that you don't necessarily have to spend the extra money on organic. Things such as avocados, pineapples, cabbage, onions, uh, rather than list them all off, I'd look up ewg.org, or the Dirty Dozen or the the Clean 15. A search of those two titles will find what's worth spending the extra money on for organic or not. That's a great advice. The Environmental Working Group is doing excellent work in providing education about our food supply, and that website is a very good resource for anyone who wants to learn more about how to clean up their food. Now, some of our listeners may have been consuming GMOs for quite a long time and want to know, in addition to rebuilding their gut microbiome, what else they can do to undo the damage. And I know that detoxing is a hot-button topic, as I frequently see articles that proclaim that detoxing is a myth. So what is your medical perspective on detoxing? Well, that you know, the body does have the systems by which to detox just about everything. And people laugh, and, you know, I'm a proponent of detoxing per se, but I'm not a proponent of spending $400 a month on a detox supplement. Uh, You detox based on how you live your life and the foods that you eat. You know, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, you want to eat foods with an adequate amount of sulfur in them, which we're often deficient in. Um, There are certain nutrients that we need to obtained to help our liver work well. And our poor liver is under assault from high fructose corn syrup, all of the multitude of toxins in our environment. So 
you know, there is something to supporting your body's detox mechanisms. Because if you don't, or if you have poorly functioning detox mechanisms, then you have an accumulation of toxins over the years that will lead to the proliferation of cancer we're seeing or many other problems. So although I can't, I can't say, oh, everybody needs to be in a detox program, you do need to pay attention to the toxic exposures in your life, chemicals, pesticides, um, and it's funny, you know, the USDA approves all these things, while the EPA clearly states that these are dangerous, the herbicides, fungicides, pesticides. So, and, you know, going a little bit back to glyphosate, there are certain limits that were put on the available amount that we're allowed to be exposed to. And as they applied more glyphosate because of the Roundup-resistant weeds, instead of figuring out a way to make that better, all they did was raise the toxic limit from 10 to 20 parts per million to 20 to 40 parts per million. And so basically, if it's 22 parts per million, people look at that and think, oh, well, it's not that much. Well, no, that's just because in 2013, they raised the, the threshold. So uh, I'm, a, I, I'm a proponent of detoxing, whether it be sauna, exercise, healthy, whole foods-based diet. Um, there are many options, and there are certain nutrients that are important for detox, sulfur being one of them. Very good. And on that note, let's get ready for our final break. We started talking about detoxing right here, and I'd like to continue that discussion on the other side of the break because there are some more questions that I have. Sure. So this is this is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Valhotra, and we're talking to functional MD, Dr. Christopher Nagy, about GMOs and their effect on our health. So stay tuned for a summary of what we learned and some recommendations. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. A new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called WholeTreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. 
Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Steps to a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. And welcome back to Generation Regeneration with your host, Sandra Malhotra. And up to this point, we covered a lot of ground about GMOs in the first three segments with functional MD, Dr. Christopher Nagy. And we started talking about detoxing at the end of the last segment. And I'd like to wrap that up a little bit more before moving on. So Dr. Nagy, can you explain for a moment how detoxing works? Is it really just a function of the liver working better? Oh, no, 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 not just, not just the liver. I mean, the largest organ in the body is the skin. And, you know, we're exposed to all kinds of toxins every day. What I always tell people, if you wouldn't put it in your mouth, don't put it on your skin because you're going to absorb it. And that can get into the, the sunscreen issue and some of the toxic chem- the deodorant issues, the toxic chemicals that we put into our skin. So, you know, you detoxify via, via your kidneys, your liver, your skin, your gastrointestinal system. So there are many, your lungs. Um, so, it, you know, it can manifest itself in many ways, but you want all of those systems to be opter- operating optimally because if not, uh, you may end up paying the price for it. But the skin's a huge one too, and that's, that's part of the reason why you want to sweat. That's a great way to get rid of heavy metals and, and other toxins that are in the system. And you had mentioned previously that Expensive programs are not always necessary. If you clean up your diet and you exercise and you're sweating, those can be very helpful for detoxing. But if somebody wants to give themselves some added support, are there supplements that they can take, for example? Oh, certainly, certainly. Um, one of my favorite is MSM, which is a form of sulfur. It's a powder. I mean, it's good for – and that – what you're working to do when you're detoxing is to increase the production of what's called glutathione. Glutathione is the master antioxidant in the body. And it's not really readily available in a pill. So you have to take some of the substrates that help promote the production of glutathione. Um, Now, there is a liposomal form of glutathione that you can take that may be more absorbable orally. But a lot of alternative practitioners will use IV glutathione. So glutathione is the master antioxidant, which binds heavy metals, toxins within the bloodstream, but sulfur is one of the things that you can use. 
that increases glutathione production. Uh, N-acetylcysteine. Uh, and actually, just interestingly, when someone has a Tylenol overdose, what they give them in the emergency room is N-acetylcysteine, uh, or what's called mucamist. So N-acetylcysteine is a, sub- a supplement that will help promote glutathione production. Uh, B vitamins are another. They're, they're, they're what are called methyl donors, and they help methylate, which is part of the detoxification process. Uh, milk thistle is a good supplement for the liver. That's what you want to take after you've had a little bit too much alcohol to drink. So certainly plenty of fluids help wash things through too. But MSM and acetylcysteine, uh, glutathione, all those things are quite helpful. Um, and milk thistle, you know, another way too, I guess I didn't talk about as much, but speaking to the microbiome, well, I guess we talked a little bit about uh, probiotics. They won't necessarily dox- detoxify you, but they'll keep you on level as far as improving your health by improving your microbiome. Very okay. good. Nice, nice summary of, of recommendations there for supplements to take to provide added support. So we covered actually a lot of ground in these first three segments, and a lot of it was pretty technical. So I'd like to go ahead and summarize right now what we covered. So initially, we talked about how genetically modified foods, one type that are herbicide resistant, are engineered to withstand large, large doses of a herbicide called glyphosate. And Dr. Nagy went into really nice detail as to what happens to your beneficial bacteria when you ingest large quantities of glyphosate. The good stuff is adversely impacted and the bad stuff can overcome the good stuff. And that balance is very harmful. Would you like to add anything else to that, Dr. Nagy? Well, um, Basically, I think it's best to just practice the precautionary principle because the science on this is pretty clear when you look at the non-industry funded studies, but that's not what you're going to be here touted in the media or shared. So this is a situation where, once again, you have to trust your intuition, think for yourself. And as best you can, I would encourage anyone to avoid genetically engineered foods, Um, you know, there's a lot of things that pull on our heartstrings. Oh, they'll help feed the world. No, they will not. Um, they won't at all. Everything that's been touted about the benefits of genetically engineered food has turned out to be wrong or a lie. So the, the more you can do to avoid genetically engineered food, and particularly the pesticide residues or the innate pesticides that they carry with them, the healthier you're going to be, in my opinion. I totally agree. And as I mentioned during the Generation Regeneration show on January 6th of this year, I basically concluded that there are a lot of valid concerns and downsides to GMOs. And like you just mentioned, lofty promises left unfulfilled. Uh, This are supposed to be able to feed the world, but actually that has never come to pass. And there are some serious concerns about what's going on here. In my opinion, looking at the way Monsanto is handling this business, it's more about seed control and making obscene profits for the agribusinesses like Monsanto, Syngenta, and Bayer. And what's most frightening is the fact that it's not possible to coexist with GMOs because of the way nature works. 
There is no safe distance from a GM farm because the pollen will spread. There's no protective shield around an organic farm. And the movie that we mentioned in our January 6th show, David versus Monsanto, featured farmer Percy Schmeiser. And his opinion is that all soy and rapeseed, which is used to make canola oil, is genetically modified in Canada by now because of this phenomenon. And this is the point which is really scary. Perhaps if this goes long long enough, that's the point. Non-GMO varieties will simply not exist. But the good news is that we still have time to turn the tide. As Dr. Nagy mentioned, genetically modified organisms are banned in over 60 countries. And although they will likely not be banned here because corporations like Monsanto own too many of our politicians and government bureaucrats, we consumers can make them unprofitable. And once we reject them, and once there is not big money to be made, the market will shift. So now, just to wrap up, Dr. Nagy, can you just remind us one more time how best to avoid GMOs and leave our listeners with just some healthy diet recommendations to support their health and vitality? Oh, sure. And you know, before I answer that, the one thing, basically it all, it all comes down to, in my opinion, Mother Nature always wins. Now, who are we to think that we can rule the universe and change what we've been given and provided over thousands and thousands of years, and now we're going to fix it and make it better? And um, so you, you can't fool Mother Nature, basically. Now, as far as general tips, avoid genetically engineered foods. Avoid processed foods. They're filled with GMO. Consume a whole foods-based diet, and basically... If it, uh, if it will rot someday, eat it. If it will never rot, leave it alone. The longer the shelf life, the shorter yours, basically. Um, but really, it's about eating a whole food diet, something that was recently picked from a tree, pulled out of the ground, and that eventually will rot. Maintain an activity level, sweat, detoxify, maintain a, a lean body mass, and basically avoid chemicals as best that you can not just in the foods we eat, but in the life you live and the, the um, health and beauty products that you use. But uh, the, it all starts with food, basically, and you need to make the right choices. And though it may cost a little, hot, a little bit more to make those right choices, the payoff in the long run will be much better. There's no point to live in to 100 if the last 20 years are spent in a nursing home being demented because of the things that you did when you weren't paying attention all those years earlier. Agreed. Very nice summary. And that is all the time that we have for today. Dr. Nagy, thank you very much for returning. You provided us, again, a wealth of helpful information. I'm happy to be here. And I hope, I hope some of the things that I said and shared help impact people to look a little further and dig a little deeper. Thank you. I hope so, too. That would be our recommendation is to just put a little more more thought and effort into the foods that you're eating. Uh, Your health is impacted greatly. And now join us next week when our guest will be Dr. Deborah Arco, an Ayurvedic acupuncturist, which should be very interesting. Until then, thank you again. And let's move the party over to Twitter at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. Namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Please join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
In the coming week, think of the changes that you could make to regenerate your body, mind, and spirit. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.